Welcome to the Solo Women Travel Tribe podcast, where life coach and solo travel expert, Zena, teaches you how to feel confident, empowered, and prepared to take on any solo travel experience. Here is your host, who is not afraid to say it like it is, Zena Jones. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a magical week. I just wanted to share a couple little things with you before we dive into today's episode about how to stop giving a fuck what other people think. I'm very fired up and excited for this one. So first of all, I wanted to share with you a rather odd story. So last night at about 3 a.m., I woke up to the sound of our garage door. We've got like an electric garage door that you push with either a button or a remote, right? And I woke up to it going up and down, up and down. I was like, what? Is somebody trying to break in? That's so weird. So I got up and I went downstairs and had a look. And my partner's like staying in bed. It's so funny to me because I'm like, I'll go have a look. Like, I'm going to sort this shit out. This has happened to us once before where everyone was like, no, I'm going to not. I'm not answering the door. It's too late. It's too dark. It's too whatever. And I was like, I'll do it. Anyway, 3 a.m. I go downstairs. I'm like, I'm going to sort this shit out. Like, who's here? What's going on? (laughs) And I walk downstairs and the garage door is just malfunctioning and it's going up and down and up and down and up and down. And it might be something to do with the garage door remote, which is in the vehicle that's parked outside the garage. Like, that's what we're thinking. It's happened before. Anyway, it's doing it in the middle of the night. So we like I get my partner and we like unhook it. So it like falls on the ground and stops doing what it's doing. And we go back to bed. Now, of course, like once you've kind of had some adrenaline like that, you're like wide awake. It took me forever to go back to sleep. And I had my alarm set for just after 6 a.m. to get up and get ready to go to my gym class. And the alarm went off and I felt like I just got back to sleep. And I went to the gym and I did my thing anyway. I could have canceled and I chose not to, right? I wanted to honor that commitment to myself. Anyway... I come home and my partner's like, oh my God, you're so good for going to the gym. I feel so tired. And I was like, yeah, so do I. (laughs) Right. And it kind of got me thinking because all day today, I haven't been my usual sprightly self. I haven't had as much energy. Like the sleep wasn't as much sleep as I would have liked for sure. And I have been very mindful of saying tired and noticing how much my partner says to me, oh, I'm so tired. I feel so flat right? And yes, that's true. We are both tired, but the more he says it, the more I notice it drags him down. So I've been thinking about this in other ways, but I wanted to just share this with you and it may become a future podcast episode, but what I'm noticing is the power of using the word and. Like if I need to say that I'm tired, right? I can say I'm tired and I can show up powerfully today. I'm tired and I can still get all of my work done. That feels so much more empowering and positive to me and useful to me than just saying I'm tired and then feeling like shit, which is basically what happens when I say, I'm so tired, right? Like it can be true and what else, right? Like if my brain wants to focus on it, I'm going to redirect my brain to be, I'm tired and I can show up and I can get shit done. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? I think you do. <laughs> Notice I say that a lot. Do you see what I'm saying? And you guys can't even see me, so it's not like you can like nod or anything. <laughs> but I'm just believing that you do. 
So just the power of noticing, like there's two parts to this, right? The power of noticing how often you say something like, oh, I'm so tired or, oh, I'm so busy, right? Like, is that serving you? Like, really? Because if it's not, like, perhaps think about banishing those words from your vocabulary. I've been coaching a client on this recently, and she says that she is so tired all the time. And yes, she has difficulties with sleep. She has some sleeping conditions and some challenges in that area. But I really have been, like, working with her on how often she says that and how much it brings her down and how we can redirect that or change that vocabulary because it's gonna change the way we feel. So do you wanna banish that word from your vocabulary? Do you wanna, even just having the awareness of how often you say it and how much, how it makes you feel might might help you to start questioning, do I wanna keep saying I'm tired? Another one I see commonly is I'm busy, I'm so busy, right? I'm busy and I have time for you. I'm busy and I get everything done. Right, like maybe that's gonna serve you more and help fuel you in a more powerful and positive way. Right? Total tangent, my friends. I've just been thinking about it today. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what we are here for today is one of the things that I coach, I'm gonna say every single client I have ever worked with on. One of the things we work on is the fear of what other people will think. I was thinking about this and I really do believe it is a topic that I have coached all of my clients on and it's been a huge and I emphasize the word huge part of the work that I have done on myself on my own mindset to help me show up more fully more boldly right but the first thing I want to say about this before I dive into the four uh what's the word I want to use the four ways that you can do this today or the four things that I have done to stop giving a fuck about what other people think right I've got four tips for you but the first thing I want to say before that is caring what other people think is normal and it's not just going to stop I think that like it needs to be perhaps normalized because we have evolved from tribes right and where when we were in the caveman cavewoman days back then when we were in those tribes we we relied upon the tribe for survival and that meant that we needed other people in the tribe to like us or at least get along with us right and when it came to making decisions it was like everybody's opinion kind of weighed in and mattered and we did what was best for the tribe right? So, you know, if you think about that and where we've evolved from, it makes a lot of sense, right? And we still do it today, right? So caring about what other people think is normal and it doesn't have to be a problem unless it is stopping you from being who you want to be and doing what you want to do with your life, okay? And this is where I see it with my clients time and time again. And of course, this was me, right? My hand is raised. I cared a lot about what other people thought. And I wanted everyone to like me, right? Sometimes I still catch myself doing that. (laughs) You all know I'm a recovering people pleaser. If you have listened to this podcast before, I've talked about that openly, right? Recovering people pleaser right here. And of course, when I wanted everyone to like me and I was so focused on what they thought and their opinion of me, it held me back from being myself, from going after my dreams, right? So a common example of this that I see is 
worrying about what your mum or maybe your dad will think when you change careers or when you start your own business, right? I remember when I decided to become a life coach and I started telling people, I was so concerned with what my friends and family were going to think because it was so different from who I was before, from what I had been doing before, from the version of me that they had previously known, right? It was so left field for many of them. They're like, what? You? How on earth did that happen? Like what, what led you there, right? And I really wanted their approval and their support, right? Now, that worrying about what they might think of me held me back when I did become a coach, like, and I I certified and, and came back home to New Zealand here. And when I started to want to promote my business and talk openly about what I do and how I could help people, it stopped me from boldly showing up, from showing up on social media, from telling my friends and family what I was doing and sharing examples of coaching and mindset shifts and and how I could help people or asking them from, for referrals. Like it really held me back because I was so concerned with what they might think, how they might perceive me, what their opinion might be, what they might say, <laughs> right? All of those things. So let's look at the four steps that I took and I recommend to you all to stop giving a fuck what other people think. So I'm going to read the four of them out to you. And then we're going to talk about them, all right? And I'm going to go through some examples. So number one is I stopped asking for other people's opinions on my life. Number two is I only listen to advice from the people who have what I want or whose opinion I value hugely on that specific topic or subject, okay? Number three, I know when I get triggered by somebody else's words, right, whether that's their opinion or their judgment or their criticism or whatever, I'm triggered because I'm believing some of what they have said and that is my work. That's not on them, right? That's showing me an opportunity, right? And number four is I decided that I don't want to fit in and I no longer want to focus on being liked. Instead, I am willing to let people be wrong about me. And my friends, they are all the time. That's okay, right? No longer giving a fuck what anyone else thinks is ultimate freedom, right? It's like now we can go out and do whatever the hell we want to do with our lives. We can be whoever we want to be in the world, right? So let's dive into this a little bit more. So in terms of these four steps, number one was I stopped asking for other people's opinions of my life. And this kind of ties in with number two, which is I only listen to the advice from people who who have what I want or whose opinion I really kind of value on a specific subject. So one of the areas that this showed up for me is in my business, right? In my coaching business. So I stopped asking my dad for his opinion on my coaching business when, um, you know, he drives trucks for a living, right? He owns his own truck and business and does things, you know, which is very different to my business, which is, you know, people and helping people and all 
it's very different, right? I think of it like this, like you wouldn't ask a florist for mechanical advice. So why ask your perhaps best friend or one of your parents for advice in this area of your life when they don't have what you want in that area? I don't think I'm explaining this very well. Hang on a moment. Let me think about this. Another another way to put this is if you were a parent, for example, and you probably wouldn't ask your your best friend who has no kids, no nieces, no nephews, no experience with children, you probably wouldn't ask her opinion on how to discipline your kids. Now you might, but would you value her opinion and what she says versus what maybe one of your other friends who has maybe four kids and you really admire her parenting style and you think that her kids are really well disciplined, would it be more beneficial for you to ask for her opinion? right? And get her advice on the subject because you admire what she has. You want what she has. You want disciplined kids and that's what she has. Therefore, you would ask her, right? So for me, like in terms of the business example I just gave you, I began looking to other business mentors and coaches who have created what I want, who have the kind of business and impact on the world that I want to have and create. I, I seek their advice, I ask for their opinion and I value what they have to say on that subject, right? So that kind of ties into one and two. And number three was, I know when I get triggered by somebody else's words, right? That it's because I'm believing what they said and that that's my work. So when I get triggered by what somebody else has to say, whether it's their opinions, judgments, criticisms of me, whatever, right? I know that that has nothing to do with them because part of me is feeling perhaps insecure or self-doubt, right? And I'm believing some portion of what they have said. Now, that means that it's simply an opportunity for me to look at what limiting beliefs I have that I can go to work on disproving so that I can just move the fuck on, right? An example of this that I was giving to somebody else today is I went and got my hair cut uh, a couple of days ago, right? So earlier this week, I went to the hairdresser and I had really long black hair and she cut it quite, not short, but like for me, it's like, what's the length? <laughs> I don't know, just below the shoulders, right? So it's, it's a significant maybe 10 centimeters that's been cut off. And she put layers in it and I'd, I, I had gone off. I didn't want layers previously, but I said to her, look, I want it to be less thick, less of a hassle, do what you got to do. And I'm just going to trust your judgment. And so she did. And I gave her free reign to do that. And so she put layers in it and she shaped it around the face and she thinned it out, which I always have done and love anyway, but she made it heap shorter and she tr- was trying to make it more easy for me to manage and more so that I could you know, instead of wearing it in a ponytail or scrunched up off my face all the time, I could wear it out in multiple different ways. So she did this. And normally when I leave the hairdresser, they straighten my hair. And she said, no, I don't want to do that today. I'm going to leave it out in a curly wavy style so that you can see how easy it is for you to do that and get a feel of what it looks like. And she could tell that I was kind of skeptical. And she asked my opinion. I was like, I'm not too sure about this because it was something I wasn't used to. And she said to me, that's okay. Like, if you don't like this, come back. And she gave me like a date and a time. She's like, come back then and we will change it. And I was like, great. Okay, cool. So I went away and, you know, it was, 
I was thinking about it like this. When I left the salon, I was feeling unsure about my hairstyle. I was feeling a little bit of doubt, right? I wasn't sure that I loved it yet. So if somebody had come up to me on the street and said, wow, your hair looks terrible. Why would you cut it like that? If somebody had done that, part of me would have been like, yeah, you're right. Right. Or I would have like kind of been like, yeah, it kind of isn't what I wanted or I'm not sure about it. Right. Like part of me would have fed off that comment and believed some of what they said. Right. And that was my work. Not nothing to do with them. Right. Like, of course, like we probably wouldn't go up to someone on the street and do that. Right. But like, let's just pretend that this did happen. Right. That would be on me because I hadn't done my work on loving it yet or changing it to be something that I would love. So what happened was, now remember this didn't actually happen. What actually happened was I went home and I washed it and then, not washed, I think I just got it wet and then I styled it and kind of played with it myself. And now I'm like fucking in love with this hair. I'm like wearing it out all the time. And my clients are like, wow, never seen you with your hair out before. I'm like, I know, right? It's so great. (laughs) But now I'm like boldly, unapologetically owning it and rocking this new style and I'm in love with it. So if somebody was to come up to me on the street and be like, oh my God, your hair is terrible. Why would you cut it like that? I'd be like, what? Are you crazy? This hair is amazing. You should have seen it before. (laughs) This is awesome, right? I'm going to give you another example of this because at 3 a.m. last night, while I was not sleeping, I thought of a really good one. So I want you to imagine that you were out at the beach and you were wearing denim shorts and a white t-shirt, okay? And somebody walked up to you on the beach and they said to you, oh, that green dress you are wearing is really gross. Green is not your color. And they left. Now, you would probably be like, what? Like, I'm not even wearing green and I'm not even wearing a dress. Like, what is that person on about? That's so strange. You wouldn't make it mean anything negative about you, right? You would probably make it mean something about them. And that's because you don't believe a word of what they were saying, right? You don't believe, first of all, you're not even wearing a green dress. So you don't believe that what they're saying is true at all, right? If you have taken the time and effort to build your own opinion of yourself and you know exactly who you are and what you bring to the table, right? Like if you believe that you are smart, you are beautiful, you are really good at what you do, you are generous, you are kind, right? For each of those things, for each of those attributes, you have a list of examples that you can easily bring to mind to showcase how amazing you are in each area. Right. So when someone tells you that, you know, you're ugly or you shouldn't wear that or you're stupid or whatever. Right. When somebody criticizes you with the help of that list, it's easy to think, oh, that person's a bit strange. Right. They're having a bad day. Maybe that is wrong. Maybe they're just trying to make a joke. Right. Maybe they got me confused with someone else. Whatever it is. Right. Do you see that when you've got that such a strong opinion of yourself in whatever area? Like it's so easy just to not believe what they're saying, just to let it like roll off you, just like that example I gave you with the green dress. Okay. 
I have read this quote out before. I think it's a Dita Von Tees quote, and I've read it out before on one of the previous episodes, but I love this quote. You can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there's always going to be somebody who hates peaches, right? Some people just don't like peaches, however juicy and sweet. It doesn't make you any less of a peach, right? So number four on the list was I decided I don't want to fit in or focus on being liked anymore. And instead, I'm willing to let people be wrong about me. So when I let go of that need to be liked, it was like I let go of the grip. Like, you know, when you're like riding a horse and you're like tightly holding the reins and you're kind of like pulling the horse towards you, like pulling back, like you just kind of like let go. You've still got them in your hands, but you just let go. That's the kind of feeling I've got my coming to mind when I think think of like letting go of the need to be liked, right? And this, like I said, continues to be a work in progress for me because I'm a recovering people pleaser, my friends, right? We talked about that earlier. But when I let go of the need to be liked, I shifted my focus to liking myself so much more and enjoying being me. Like that became such a priority in my life. Right. And when I like myself so much and I enjoy my own company, I enjoy who I am, I enjoy what I do, how I show up in the world, then I just became so okay with people being wrong about me. I'm like, bring it. Like, you can be wrong about me. That's okay. Right. We don't have to agree all the time. Like, people are wrong about me all the time. That's okay. That's, that's their choice. That's fine. That doesn't mean anything about me, right? And I don't need them to like me in order to be an awesome human, right? The more we stop giving a fuck what other people think, the more freedom we create in our lives and in our minds, right? The more we go out in the world, show up boldly and unapologetically and do whatever the fuck we want to do. Right. And I really want that for you, my friends. So please be sure to apply everything that you have heard here today in this episode. Okay. And lastly, I want to personally invite you to sign up for a free consultation call where we can take everything you have learned on this podcast today and apply it to your life. This is the work that will change everything. You can sign up at xenajones.com. And remember, we spell Xena with an X, just like the warrior princess. <laughs> Would you guys believe I've never seen that show? <laughs> I think I might have told you all that before. But Xena, the warrior princess, the very famous or rather well-known TV series or TV show, whatever it was. I have never watched an episode. <laughs> One of these days. It's on my list. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to join me for a consultation call, and I highly recommend that you do, here's what you can expect. I will guide you through a series of questions. Basically, I'm going to ask you a ton of things. You're going to do a lot of talking, right? And that will help us to better understand where you are currently at. And I will get the opportunity then to share with you why you're not getting the results you want, right? And the specific tools and processes that will help. 
And if we both decide that we're a good fit for coaching together, then we can discuss a plan for working together. Okay, that's it. So it's one hour, you and me on Zoom, 100% free and incredible value. You can visit xenajones.com. I would love to meet you. Huge love, my friends. Take care out there. Have a magical, amazing week. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Hey, if you are loving everything you are hearing here on the podcast and you are ready to create a bigger life, a life with more love, joy, and freedom, then I want to personally invite you to join me on a Zoom call where we can explore what it will look like to have me in your corner, helping you apply the coaching tools that you are learning here on the podcast to your life. Come on over to xenajones.com, that's X-E-N-A-J-O-N-E-S.com and book your free call today.